Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamily Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. I'm super excited to be here. Why? Because I have one of my amigas, Jesse Boy Doe. Jesse, welcome to the podcast. You know, we've been having a conversation about bringing you on. So I'm super excited that you're here. <laughs> so guys, let me introduce Jesse. Jesse Boydo is a licensed clinical social worker, and she is the director of JCCA's Center for Healing, which provides evidence-based clinical services to children who have suffered child sexual abuse and or exploitation. The center also provides training to service providers who work in this unique population. A clinical expert and leader in the fields of child sexual abuse, treatment, and prevention, Ms. Boydot has supervised and trained hundreds of clinicians. Ms. Boydot earned her BA from Baruch College and her MSW from the Columbia School of Social Work. Welcome! <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, Jesse, I wanted to have you on for the month of January for a specific reason. Um, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So can you tell us a little bit about that, um, why this month is important and the work that you've been doing? Because I know you have been swamped with so many trainings this month, so many emails, people contacting you. What can we do? How can we support? What's next? Give me some stats. So take it on. <laughs> Thanks. So since 2010, January has been National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month in the United States. Uh, human trafficking is something that is sadly a secret part of our everyday lives that many of us are unaware of. Mm -hmm. And the center focuses on child sex trafficking or the commercial sexual exploitation of children, which is even more heartbreaking. Because when we think about human trafficking, it's almost a little more comfortable as unbearable as it is to think of it as an adult issue. The thought that children are being trafficked for sex or for labor as well is just, it's extremely painful. Uh, and people sadly shy away from this. So that's why we are so grateful to have a month dedicated to human trafficking awareness, because even though those of us in the field focus on this in our everyday lives, it's an opportunity to really hone in and focus people who don't and give them information so that they can protect the people they serve and the people in their lives. So we usually have a lot of activities. We do a lot of trainings um, and we like to customize our trainings for our audience because the way I would talk to, you know, a social worker or a psychologist um, is different from the way I would talk to someone who's purely a parent about trafficking, because sometimes you don't want to scare people too much, right? When people get too scared, they're not gaining the knowledge you want them to gain to, again, protect themselves and their families. Uh, and we also, this year, we did something different because it's COVID time. So we had Zoom backgrounds that mm -hmm. provided statistics for people uh, so that even when you're in a Zoom meeting without talking about trafficking, you could be talking about anything else, people would be able to read the stats about trafficking uh, behind you while they while you were engaging with them. So it's been really great. Uh, we also had a really amazing speaker who's talked about the intersectionality between, um, you know, CSEC and race when it comes to Black girls or girls of color specifically. And that was a really amazing experience. Yes, Jesse. So 
people might not understand because it could be happening right across the street, right across the neighbors. People have this misconception on what sex trafficking is. Obviously, you and I do know what it is. We've done trainings. We've worked together with this. However, some of the listeners don't know. And I think it's important for us to highlight that this is a billion dollar industry. When I say billion, billion guys, not million, not thousand, B-I-L-L-I-O-N, billion dollar industry. And it is happening right across the street from you, right down the block, and you don't even know it. So let's get into some of those statistics that you were talking about. Um, What is the youngest age that girls get trafficked? So first, let's remember that statistics are based on the incidents that we are aware of, right? And this is an underground industry. Even that billion dollar number, that's again, just the number we know about, right? It could be true. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And sadly, demand is high. Yeah, sadly. In right. the pandemic. So, exactly. So there, you know, it really depends on the, the the research papers you look at, the regions you look at. What I will say is that what we have been seeing uh, within our own agency, average age of entry seems to be about 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time the, the children come to us, they're about 14. So our average age, if I will call it intervention, is 14. And this is for girls, right? Boys, sadly, are notoriously underreported because people attribute their trafficking, um, you know, their not their trafficking behaviors, the things that they are seeing that if it were a girl, they would say, oh, these are red flags for trafficking. People attribute those things to them possibly being in gangs or acting up um, or shoplifting or just, you know, boys being boys. And we also socialize them not to tell when they're in being involved in things that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, our numbers are solely based on girls, but we're working on getting more, you know, educating more service providers so we really can start identifying more boys. Um, that being said, so yes, the average age we see is 14 when we intervene, 11 for entry. We also have a disproportionate number of girls of color in our program. In fact, in uh, the five years that I have worked there, I have yet to come across a girl who is not a girl of color Mm -hmm. who we have identified as a victim of trafficking, which is heartbreaking and sadly jives with the national statistics. And uh, so we do a lot of work around that too. Um, In terms of LGBTQ, we are not, their numbers are disproportionately high as well because of their increased vulnerability um, due to lack of possible lack of acceptance in their homes and so on. Um, and we are working on our LGBTQ programming as well. That's, it's so much that we're contributing, right? And we're also trying to find out. It's like a needle in a haystack. You're still trying to pinpoint mm-hmm. and trying to figure out, well, what's next? What's next? You, you've said 14. We've seen 10 and 12. Yes. You know, but it's not. Yes. But have. you and I have seen ages 10 and 12, which is hard. Yes. We've also seen male clients, but just like you said, they think yes. this gang involvement, they're in the streets. That's how they're getting money. They always want to be hanging out. And we've seen as young as 10 years old as well for males, um, which yes. is it, it, it people. I, I'm sure that the listeners are thinking, what? Like the statistics, the statistics are shocking but they're accurate and they're true. It's just because it's an underground industry, it's not accurately reported. Um, No, it's not. So tell us how people are trafficked. 
Okay. Um, so there are different ways. Surprisingly, right, kids can also be trafficked through strip clubs. They can be trafficked online. And there has been a big jump in online trafficking since the advent of COVID because there's this other myth that you have to have physical contact with a child in order to traffic them. Fortunately or unfortunately, children are on their screens a lot more lately. So you know, there are parents who are also really overwhelmed managing working full-time and becoming full-time teachers as well. Yeah. So what, right? So what has been happening is that you think, you know, little Johnny is in his room doing his homework, but actually he could be stripping online on a live feed and money is being funneled to a trafficker or to his own account because they don't always have adult exploiters, right? Trafficking is the exchange of sex or sexual acts for something monetary or non-monetary. And that is actually another myth that we really need to address. People always assume it's about money. Now, I once worked with a girl who was trafficked for a pack of gum. She exchanged sex for a pack of gum because she really wanted it and she wasn't allowed to have gum in her house. And it was heartbreaking, but this can happen. You can also traffic someone for shelter. Um, you can also traffic someone just for love, right? It's, it's really upsetting. So um, in terms of other places that kids are being trafficked, we all know about uh, what people call child pornography. Uh, it's really taping and filming children performing sexual acts. Uh, children are also sadly being trafficked in, um, in the child welfare system, right? There was a recent study where 85% of children who had histories of trafficking had histories of child welfare. So it wasn't that the service providers were the ones trafficking them, not at all. It's more that the things that made them vulnerable, the things that happened that made them have to enter the child welfare system made them even more vulnerable to trafficking. Mm -hmm. So let's get into some myths and facts and, and clarification of language, because I cringe every time I see a referral and I still see the word prostitution. <laughs> no, no, don't I say it. Cringe, I cringe, I cringe. Oh. Let's talk about why that word is like a faux pas. You cannot say it. Okay. <laughs> So if there's one thing you learned from this podcast, learn this. If you are talking about children who are being sexually trafficked, please do not use the word prostitute. Part of the reason why is that is what is implied by the word prostitute. If you were in a training, I would say to you, and you can actually do this exercise right now, strip yourself of all your PC professional selves and think of what comes to mind when you think the word prostitute. It's usually not a child victim of sexual abuse. It really implies something negative, something, and again, I'm not insulting people who are engaging in the sex industry. I'm really not. However, we cannot equate adults making decisions for themselves. And that's a whole other debate with children being forced to perform sexual acts. These children are victims of sexual abuse. So it's, whether it's in your paperwork or when you're speaking of them, please refer to them as children who are being trafficked or children who are being sexually abused. They are not prostitutes. And in fact, New York state law amended uh, our penal code so that they would not be referred to in that way as well. Yes. And in addition to New York state laws, but even federal laws and guidelines have changed yes. in the last yes. uh, several years. And it continues to update yes. regards to 
um, picking up trafficked youth and not um, arresting them for whatever crimes yeah. associated to that. Um, instead, mm-hmm. referring them for alternative programming and support right. services. So, and yeah. yep, and family court, right? Yeah, they go to family court. The only people who belong in and um, in criminal court are the Johns, are the people who are buying and the people who are trafficking these children. The children, and no, I don't care if they're 17 and they're saying, this is my life, this is what I want, send me back. They need services. They do not belong in criminal court. Yes. So let's get into some myths. A pimp. What does that word ring out with myths? A pimp is not like in your rap videos where you saw no. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. No. no. Let's talk about pimps. Pimps look like your okay. regular, regular average Joe guy that is so handsome and you would think that he mm-hmm. is charming. Yeah. Or, um, well, it used to be, you could say Bill Cosby, but um, but or he look, you know, the pimp can also look like your your regular cuddly everyday dad or your regular cuddly everyday mom, right? Pimps are not only men. Also, the other thing is pimps aren't always adults. Mm-hmm. Children can traffic other children. It's yep. all about a power differential, right? So we you could have a 15-year-old trafficking a 14 or 13-year-old, and you know, we've definitely seen that. Oh, yeah. So you know, all pimps aren't sitting in their low riders and their fur coats um, and their interesting looking mustaches with their canes walking around. No, they the smart ones look like everyday people and they blend in, which is why you'll notice when, whenever there's a big bust for trafficking rings, the people who they arrest, some of them, yes, if you look at their picture, you're like, yeah, no, if I looked in the dictionary for someone who buys <laughs> sex and children, your, pic- your picture would be there. But many of these people look like average, everyday Joes and Janes, frankly. And yeah, Jane, yeah. yeah, so they're called madams, right? The, the, the females. Mm-hmm. And we've seen yes. couples, we've seen couples, married yes. couples with children, yes. guys trafficking yes. who they love girls who they love they love their children and their children are still mm-hmm. with them but that's a whole nother story mm-hmm. but parents sure mom and dad a couple married couple trafficking young teenage girls yes and actually i'm glad you brought that up so here's the thing too there's this idea that if someone is involved in one thing that is their whole life mm-hmm. right so just because we have a couple who loves their biological children, takes very good care of them. And if you ask them if they'd ever trafficked them, they probably gasp in horror at the idea. Doesn't mean that those same people aren't doing that very thing to other people's kids. Yep. Right. So, you know, pimps and madams are people just like the rest of us. The way I show up at work, um, you know, is very different from the way I show up at six o'clock when I'm going to a party back when we all could. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so it's the same. These are people as well. They are able to shift and also to be successful in trafficking. You have to be a bit of a chameleon because you're existing in such an underground world while you're living your everyday life as well. Absolutely. Let's also talk about how this is not an international issue. Right. Right. So there's also this other myth that trafficking, whether it's sex or labor trafficking or organ trafficking, in fact, uh, is only happens to foreigners. That is absolutely not the case. It happens right here. Yes, there's a disproportionate amount of tra- uh, sex trafficking that happens with people of color and people in cer- under certain socioeconomic circumstances. 
However, anyone can be trafficked. Mm-hmm. People who are filthy rich on the Upper West Side, we we all hear those stories. They they show up on the news. It does not matter. The things that make us vulnerable to trafficking, sometimes are there. Actually, let me backtrack. So sometimes there are risk factors, of course. However, the the human condition makes all of us vulnerable to trafficking, right? Um, I once did a training with a woman who, while we were training, she said to me, you know. Jesse, you're making me think about this one time I was in Vegas and this guy handed us a card to go to a party in a limo and I was all excited. And she must have been in her 30s. And her sister was the one who said, what are you kidding me? We're not going. You don't know what's going to happen. But her excitement at being invited, which is very normal. The thought of right, she was so happy to be, I'm going to ride in a limo. Very normal. That made her vulnerable to trafficking, right? So (laughs) these are, you know, and I, I bring this up too because, it encourages us to stop being so judgmental and calling this a choice or wondering what the heck is wrong with these people that this happens to them. It can happen to anyone. All someone has to figure out is what your vulnerability is and figure out how to exploit them. Um, but going back to the whole international thing, it's def- it's it's a national issue. We have a problem, thousands of people. And in New York City alone, there were about, I believe last year, it was about 2,500 reported Reported cases. only reported. Yeah. Yes. Reported. Yeah. Let's talk about the myth that this is a choice for some kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's that, that is a hard one, especially because while I could be arguing with you about how it's not a choice behind me, is a traffic youth sneaking out the door to get on a train to go back to the person who's trafficking them. Right. The whole concept of choice is perceived, I believe, is addressed in a very black and white way. Even though it may appear that the trafficked youth is making a choice because they keep returning, there is no choice because they don't know that they have any other option. Mm -hmm. The amount of control and grooming that has occurred before we ever meet them is huge and it's powerful. You do not need to be present for what you have done to work. That is what is insidious about grooming. And if someone has done a skilled enough job, that fear of whether it's, because it's not always physical fear, fear of disappointing them. I mean, think about all of us who have ran to arrive on time for something because we didn't want to disappoint a friend Mm -hmm. um, or a loved one, right? This is a twisted version of that. That fear of disappointing, that fear of losing love when that person is the only person who's shown you that kind of affection, right? And then also that physical fear. And sometimes also people have been threatened or they've left people behind who have been threatened and need to go back to. All that removes the option of choice. So, you know, I really encourage people when they're watching the news or where they're working with kids or trying to help kids in their everyday lives who have been trafficked. And sometimes it feels like you are holding on to them so tightly and they're fighting you so hard to leave. Just remember that choice is not black and white. This isn't a choice for them. It's the only option that they know. What our job is, is to help them realize that they have other options and that is what we want them to choose. Yes. Now let's talk about Jesse, um, the music industry and has no, no. really, well, I, I have <laughs> yeah. to say it because I always, I know yeah, I have yeah. had this discussion before and even in training mm-hmm. that the music yes. industry highlights sex trafficking 
And and I feel like, and I, I, I'm still a strong believer that it is a gateway um, to get kids involved. Because if I'm out there and I'm twerking, I'm making my money. Yep. Um, there's a song that says, get that bread, get that head, then leave. You know, you get yes. that money, you go give head, mm-hmm. and then you leave. And these are some mm-hmm. of the kids that are, that some of the behaviors um, because of trafficking, because of the child sexual abuse that they are engaged in. But I went and I got my bread in my head, then I leave. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you're posting it on social media. It's glorified this way. Um, you know, yo, shorty, let me get, you know, I'm a cash app you because now cash app is the, the next wave. There's no age limit for cash app. Someone can open up an account. It's on your phone. Hey, show me this, show and, me this, show yeah. me that. Only, uh, yeah, and only fans. Only fans, right. Only fans, of course, is just making a killing right now, especially with the pandemic. But the music Mm -hmm. industry has shown our young kids that it's okay to have sex and have money and keep it moving. So instead of them seeing it as the coercion, as me being trafficked, I'm being beat, I'm being starved, etc. But it's okay for me for the sex and the money piece because this favorite artist does it. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I had used the term grooming earlier. And for people who don't know, grooming is a process where some, if someone wants to exploit you or abuse you in some way, they spend time building trust with you and your caregivers before they show their true intention. Mm -hmm. So that trust building happened maybe through gifts or through caring. They're getting to know you and saying the right things. So you really, so that they can form a connection with you so that when the time comes and they reveal their true intention, it's not that it's an easier process so i bring up grooming because between the music industry and some of and the media and some of the way you're socialized there's an element of grooming that is happening long before the trafficker starts their grooming effort right so there's a piece where our kids are primed already right um and this this same thing can happen too you hear about kids being abused by members of a sports team while they were primed and groomed by potentially their family's fanatic attitude towards that sports team right that elevated the people within it to begin with so then it was like oh my goodness someone from there likes me so with the music industry and those messages that are being sent about like get my bread you know and get my i'm not going to try to rap with you because i'll just embarrass myself <laughs> It was I know we have African rappers. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go go call Berna and ask him to help me. Ask but, Berta um, boy, ask Berta boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just it's really sad because you're right. It just gives this perception, and it's it's a it's a bastardization of empowerment. Right. Because when you think about the message and even the rhythm of the music, it's supposed to be, I know what I have to do to take care of myself. I'm just going to get it and I'm going to go do the things I need to do. That is the very highly buried message there. Unfortunately, the way that they're being told to do it is is frightening. So what we do at Center for Healing is we don't shy away from songs like that. Mm -hmm. Right. We listen to them and we break them down with our kids because you cannot follow these kids everywhere. You cannot tell them how they're supposed to think. All you can do is engage in conversations with them so that they can start seeing things from another or a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So the way I just describe it to you as, you know, the, I'm not going to come in and say that song is trash. It's trying to teach you all kinds of terrible things. No, 
I definitely, I go with that trends perspective, trends perspective of, oh, I see what they were trying to tell you there. They were trying to be like, oh, be, you know, be the man, be the girl. You're awesome and powerful. But uh, is there, are there other ways that we can send that right. message? <laughs> and it gets, it gets them thinking. And I really wish more adults would do that because I find more and more, you know, because again, most of these people are teenagers, that reaction of, remove remove it and get rid of it completely it's it's not going to work it's not it's cultural right. appropriation if you think about it i mean my, myself in sessions with kids i'm like well what music you want to listen to because if that's going to call me during mm-hmm. session to be able to speak to me more mm-hmm. or write a rap song write a rap lyric then do it you know whatever mm-hmm. um helps you with your creativity in order to be able to process your traumas is interesting but i really like your spin and how you said well let's talk about it let's talk about that lyric let's break it down let's twist it a little mm-hmm. bit and have the 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 youth come back and say well you know what that wasn't appropriate miss you know we should yeah. you know yeah. they should say it somewhere different which is which is great exactly yeah, because think about it, there's so much music out there like that. So then if we do, if we keep doing that, then when they hear the music and we're not there, they start do, performing that exercise, right, of changing it to the other way. And that's how we combat those messages from the media. Just like, you know, when we talk about girls' body images and things like that in magazines, you know, when you do the right self-esteem building work with a particular girl, when she looks at that figure who doesn't look like her instead of, Oh, why can't I look like that? It's like, man, that photo shop person really went nuts there. You know, I'm not going to look at this right now because this is not me. I never will be, but that's okay. Right. It's a complete shifting of perception. So then they can continue to take care of themselves and adjust when you're not there to help them. Yes. I love that. So a few more things, Jesse, because this is like such an awesome conversation, but I, I still want to educate our listeners. What are some signs of a child being trafficked? Okay, so a few quick ones. Uh, Tattoos, especially of a person's name. Um, A lot of running away. First, you're looking for changes in behavior. And some of, you know, sometimes changes in behavior just means there's something else going on where you want to dig a little deeper. So running away, tattoos of a person's name, sexualized piercings. And by that, I mean tongue piercing, belly button piercing. People always go to genital piercings when I say this. And I'm thinking, no, 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 sweet. That's that's just the extreme version. Um, And because when you think about it, I know this is 2021, but what reason does a 12 year old have to have a tongue ring, really? So even if they're saying, you know, they're emo or goth or whatever, and they're saying they want to live their best life, just ask a few questions about what they got that for. Um, Also, uh, kids having more or less money than they usually would, because not every trafficker takes all your money, right? Just like with everything else, sometimes there's a carrot that's being dangled. Um, Kids running away and coming back very made up or kids showing up just in time for you to take them for that hair appointment and nail appointment uh, and then running away again right after. Um, you know, these are the more subtle signs. Of course, there are things like, you know, pictures on phones, but those th- that's when that's just so obvious. Right. And also, if kids are asking a lot of questions about consent and asking and, you know, you notice them talking to older people online. And, but like we said, sometimes it's people that they're around. But it's really if you notice a change in your child. I see them from some of it as teenage hormones, but please don't fail to also ask about trafficking. Is anyone asking you to do something you don't want to do? Um, is anyone asking you to do things that are not the things you usually do? Because sometimes they 
the assumptions they want, quote, want to do it, but that's what they think. Uh, have you met new people? You went to that party last week. Did your friend introduce you to any new people that, you know, what, what were they up to? Just really asking questions and being gentle about it. That is huge. That is being gentle. really being gentle and non-judgmental, you know, just non-judgmental yes. piece is really important. No matter what you hear. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, you must have to trust you, no matter if you're biting your tongue in your cheek. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of that that happens. Yeah. Yes. So those are some of the signs. What would be a few takeaways that you would have for our listeners? This could be parents. This could be professionals. I have so many different um, listeners on the podcast. What would it be some takeaways that you would have for them? Some takeaways are that one, please remember that trafficking is not only a girl or woman issue, right? It's not gender-based. Everyone is can be trafficked. Everyone is being trafficked. Um, also, please remember that the whole perception of choice is not black and white. Uh, the other part is that it is it can be very exhausting when you're helping someone who's being trafficked. So please, please take care of yourself and make sure that you have a good set of friends or team around you who can help you bring yourself back so that you have the ability to help as many children and people as possible. Um, also set very firm boundaries for yourself when it comes to your personal care and what you can do. And lastly, please do some reading on child sex trafficking in New York. If you live, depending on where you live, there's always a local newspaper or a TV station that has done stories on this and educate your friends, especially ones who appear completely oblivious to this. And, um, and actually I said lastly, but my absolute last thing is, and I always say this, please educate your children about sex. Please educate your children about sex. Because where there is a deficit in knowledge, there's always someone to tell them. And the traffickers and child molesters do show and tell. Mm -hmm. Right. So please educate your children about sex and please use the correct words for body parts. None of this flower. You know, my son says penis. (laughs) (laughs) I think think that's important. I'm glad that you said that my friend, my best friend and I, you know, obviously culture, culture doesn't want you to say exactly Mm -hmm. what the body parts are. Um, oh, this is this. So it, why is important? Why is it important for us to tell kids their actual body parts is because if they are going to be trafficked or if they are going to be sexually abused, they won't know what to describe because the other person might be using exactly. against them. So it is exactly important. when they disclose, we'll know what they're talking about. Right. Yep. Right. That was so important. Justy, thank you so much. You had some awesome, awesome, awesome knowledge <laughs> nuggets for us. Remember guys, um, this is airing on the last week of human trafficking month. Um, wear blue, go online and research. Jesse, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at www.cfhny.org. That's for Center for Healing. And you've, my information is there. And feel free if you need any talks, if you want to do consultations, trainings, all of that, just please get in touch because my goal is to educate as many people as possible. Yay. Thank you so much, Jesse. This has been so refreshing having this conversation, which I really, truly appreciate it. Thank you for being on Beauty Thank <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. 
Don't forget to use the hashtag Beauty Me Podcast for your feedback.